give you the title now, you've got to have strong faith. You've got to have strong faith. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to talk about that today. And I'm going to lead off with some scriptures. We've been on this series, You've Got to Have Faith, and we've given some reasons, scriptural reasons. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So uh, that is, faith is the currency of heaven. Uh, God uses faith. God is a God of faith. And, uh, and God is the author of our faith. He doesn't only tell us to have it, but he, he gives it to us. And uh, Mark eleven twenty two, we've been leading off with this scripture. And uh, once again, just welcome. I tell you, I, it's good to see you guys. It really is. Uh, I, one of the highlights, and I'm just going to divert from what I was, where I was going. One of the highlights of my week is, is our weekend services. And one of my uh, other highlights of my week uh, is our small groups. I love meeting with our small group. And if you haven't gotten connected in a small group, make sure you do that. It's so vitally important being relationally connected. So anyway, uh, Mark 11, verse 22, it says, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. And uh, if you've been with us, we, we've discovered that that literally means, in the original text, it really literally means to have the faith of God. And, uh, and God wants us to operate in his faith. In faith, uh, it, Jesus describes it. Uh, it's not only believing, but it's also your speaking and it's also your action. And so we, we see that, and we've been talking about that over the past few months and uh, past few weeks. And, uh, and so if you haven't uh, been able to be with us, you can go online and listen to it at our website, cotmtyler.org. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we're to, we're to walk this life in faith, it's it's to be a walk. It's not an occasional thing. It's uh, it's a walk. You walk it out. And in and in another scripture, in, found in Romans chapter one verse seventeen, it says, "The just shall live by faith." By live by faith. And sometimes we we just don't understand how how to do that. My objective during this uh, this series and uh, is to help us to live and to walk by faith, and to understand how it works, because we've got to have it. We can't, as a, as a believer, we can't do without it. We've just got to have it. And, and it's, it's more than, it's, it's not hopeful wishing. You understand that? It, it, I, I hope this happens. I, I, one day, I, 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 I wish this would happen. And now, strong faith, is, it's developed through some, some things that we've been talking about, your speech, your belief, your, your action. And today we're going to be looking at a, another aspect of, of how we're to have faith. And today specifically we're talking about strong faith. And where I got this from was, and I read this uh, last week, but I want to read it again. And this is Abraham, the life of Abraham. And if you know anything, if you, if you read your Bible, uh, he's called the 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 father of faith he's 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 uh he's uh, uh an example to us and uh you know god gave him a promise and and it took some time before that promise came about and and so what i want to do is i'm going to go to romans chapter 4 and i want to i want to break it down and then look at some things that we we can uh, discover from it romans 4 verse 17 it says as it is written i have made you a father of many nations at this point, he hadn't had children. 
And it says, before God whom he believed and who raises the dead and calls those things that do not exist as as though they did. And so uh, there's so much that could be said in breaking down this scripture. And so I'm going to try to stay in my lane and stay in the lane that I feel like I need to address today. But your words are so vital. They're so important. And, and sometimes we're calling those things that are as, as, as they simply are and that as if they're going to stay that away. And uh, scripture says that we're to call those things that be not as though they were. And so we need to watch our tongues. But it goes on in verse 18. It says, against all hope. Say against all hope. He believed in hope. And then I'll go on. That he might become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body to be dead when he was about a hundred years old, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So what I'd like to do is I want you to understand throughout scripture, the Bible talks about the importance of us being strong, not only being strong in faith, but being strong in the Lord. Uh, Joshua, if you're taking notes, it's not going to be on the overhead, but Joshua, uh, you see when he took over the leadership after Moses passed, God over and over and over and over told him to be strong. He said, be strong, be courageous. And in Joshua chapter one, verse six, it says, be strong and of good courage. Joshua one seven, it says, be strong and very courageous. Joshua one eight tells us only be strong in of good courage. Joshua one uh, eighteen says it says only be strong and of good courage. Joshua ten twenty five again it says don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, be strong and of good courage. And you see it over and over in Scripture. And then in First Corinthians six. 1613, it says, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong. Amen. Ephesians 6 says, says, 610 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then in 2 Timothy 2.1, it says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Throughout scripture, we see the importance of being strong. We see the importance of strength having the the strength of God in our life. Well, the same applies with our faith, that we're to be strong in our faith. God doesn't want us to have weak faith. He wants us to have everything that he's promised. He wants us to accomplish everything that he set us out to accomplish. He doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't want us to fall short in any area of our life. Isn't that good? That's exciting to me. And so, but here's the thing that I see about this. The responsibility lies on us. He's instructing us to be strong. He's instructing us to be strong. You 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 be strong. And, and too many, too many times I think that people cop out and they, they put it all on God. It's like, well, if God didn't do it, you know, it, it must not it must not be. It wasn't meant to be in our life. How many of you have maybe even thought that or said that or you've heard somebody say that? Well, it must not be God's will. 
Not everything that happens in your life is God's will. One of those things that irks me is that God has it all under control. Really? Is that true? He has child molestation under control. He has killing and rapes and all those things. That's uh, and people dying uh, in 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 horrible accidents under control. Well, God must have a plan. Well, He will take the worst of situations and He will He will still work in it. He will still work to the best. However, God does it. He'll work something good out of it. But it wasn't because it was His initial plan. How many of you understand that? Please understand that. Please understand. That we have a lot to do with our walk here on this earth. You walk in faith. You live by faith. You know, it's our responsibility. How come me to get off on that? Somebody needed to hear that. To me, it sets me free. To me, it it tells me that, hey, uh, you know what? I'm in partnership with God. God does what he, can, what he does, and I do what I'm supposed to do, and we put it together, and it becomes supernatural. He provides the super, I provide the natural, we put it together, and it's called supernatural. Isn't that right? And so what I want to do is I want us to look at some things today that we need to understand that we can see from Abraham's life that we can apply to our lives so that we can stay strong in faith. And the first thing that I see, if you got, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have hope beyond your hope physically. You remember we read against all hope, he believed in hope. Against all hope, do you know that physically, naturally, there's going to be some hopeless situations, but you got to go beyond that. You got to have hope beyond what you see physically. Beyond what's going on, beyond that death sentence that's being pronounced over your life, you've, you've got to go beyond that. And I can't tell you how many times people will put more stock on what a, maybe, and no, no offense, no, uh, not, uh, I'm not uh, uh, undermining uh, physicians, doctors, I'm not undermining them. Matter of fact, if, you, if you're sick, go to the doctor. I, 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 you know, do what you can do naturally, but, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, they don't have the last word. God has the last word. And though your situation is hopeless, and those, maybe a doctor says you're, you've got such and such a, a amount of time left to live, they're still not the, he, they're not the final authority. I want you to understand that. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for or gives substance. And we know, now notice this. It says, now now faith is. You believe that you receive when? Now, when you pray, that's what faith is. But it's the substance of things hoped for. What is hope? What's the difference between hope and faith? Faith is now. Hope is something in the future. But I want you to understand, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not hoping or wishing that something will happen. A matter of fact, I looked that up, that word hope in a Bible dictionary, and it means this, to anticipate it means an expectation of attaining it. 
So let's bring that scripture up again, and I want to I break this down. Now, faith is the substance of things anticipated. Faith is the substance of things expected for us to have and receive. That's what faith is. Now, we discovered last week, if you were with us, what faith is. Faith is it's a title deed. It's a confirmation. It's, it's proof of ownership that it's yours. That's what faith is. Faith says it's yours now because it, it, it's your title deed. It's your confirmation. It's like you get a confirmation when you, when you pay for a, a hotel. They give you a confirmation n- number. It's saying it's yours. You've paid for it. And Jesus has paid for everything that we have need of for life and godliness. So we've got to get the word of God, get it in us, believe it, and begin to act on it. And we'll see that, we'll see that faith bring about what it is that we're hoping for, that that we anticipate, that that we expect. We'll have it. So we need hope even when it seems to be hopeless in our situation, in our circumstance. So what I want to do is I want to just spend a, a couple moments on this point, because probably more so on any other point, and I want to just give you some hope killers. Because there's some hope killers, and, and there, there's no nut, notes up there, but there's some hope killers, and, uh, and I want you to see what those hope killers are. I want you to understand that there's some out there. You remember the, the, the 12 spies that went out into the, uh, into the promised land that were sent? Leaders, all of them, leaders out of the 12, 10 came back, and the Bible says they brought back a evil report. Uh, one of the hope killers that we have are that, 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 that can kill hope is faithless words. You've got to watch faithless words out of your own mouth. You've got to watch faithless words out of others. Faithless words will kill hope faster than anything. We've got to watch, we've got to watch what we speak. And, 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 and they're bad reports. And you've heard, you've heard people say it. Maybe you've said it. I know, but. I, 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 I know what the word says, but. I know it says that, but you don't know my situation. But you don't know what's going on. But. Those are faithless words. Or what if? Who cares what if? If the word says it, that settles it. Well, what if? What if it doesn't work? You'll hear faithless words. What if? Let me tell you something. My responsibility is believing, acting on the word. My responsibility is not to bring it to pass. It's God's responsibility. I do the natural, he does the super. We put it together and it becomes supernatural. So what if? I don't know. I don't let myself go there. Too often, too many times, we allow ourselves to go there in our thinking and in our words. So what? What if? Well, what if it doesn't work? And, and here's another one. Uh, you know, somebody else tried it and didn't work. So who cares? I don't know their life. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they was acting in faith or they was just wishful in their, in their thinking or believing. They, I just, I wished it happened. You know the difference between hope and just wishful thinking? I wished it would happen. Wishing is like the lottery. <laughs> I hope, I hope, hopefully it takes. 
Hopefully it happens. Hopefully it lands on me. No, the Bible kind of faith is an anticipation and expectation that it is going to happen. Not that it might or, uh, or might not. It's going to happen. I'm anticipating. I'm expecting it. That's the hope I have because I have, I have my title deed. I have my confirmation that tells me I'm going to have it. So I'm anticipating it. I've got a hope for it. Are you getting anything out of this? So watch faithless words. Let me give you another uh, killer that will kill hope very, very quickly. And that's the magnitude of your problems. And this is a biggie. Um, we're talking about the magnitude of your problem. You, you just, all you see is your problem. And, you know, you become hopeless because that's where your focus is. If you focus on your problem long enough, it will, it will kill your hope. And, and with some people, that's, that's the focus of their life. They're just focusing, focusing on their problem. The magnitude. And I'm not making light of your problem by any means. I know. I've had some huge problems in my life. I've had some, some, some horrendous things in my life. And let me tell you something. It was a, it was a huge, huge problem with Abraham. Yeah. He, uh, you know... It, it, he was like a hundred years old. I mean, we—I don't think we have anybody here a hundred years old. But even if you've passed probably the age of fifty, maybe sixty, you're—you're you're probably not planning on having kids, right? Nor do you even consider yourself as having kids. Well, he was old, and she—you're going to Rusty. Hallelujah. No, okay. And so you're talking, you're talking, that would have been a miracle in itself having children at that age, right? And so that's a, that's a huge problem. That's a huge problem. But yet he was strong in faith. And I don't know what your problem is, but I'm here to tell you that uh, there's going to be some there's going to be some problems that's so big in your life that you're going to have a, a challenge holding on to your anticipation, your expectation, if that's your focus. If that's your focus. Abraham says, I considered not. In other words, I didn't allow myself to go there and focus on that. Instead, I focused on what God had promised. Are you with me? Okay, this is good stuff. So the magnitude of your problem can kill your, your faith. The faithless words that you speak can kill your faith. How about your past disappointments? Because you went after something and it didn't happen the way that you thought it needed to happen or, or whatever. Past disappointments, past failures, past things. To, you know, and, and let me tell you, you cannot allow your past to consult you in your present. You, you, can't, you can't allow yourself to go there. Too many people allow themselves to go places they shouldn't go in their thinking and in their speech and in their talking and even in their believing. Past disappointments. Let me give, let me give you another one that uh, really holds people back. Guilt. Guilt will kill your hope. Well, how's God going to do that 
for me. Look at my life. Look at where I did a piece of stupid and, and uh, you know, where I fell short. And, you know, look at my life. Who am I? Let me tell you. I want, let me let you in on a secret. Okay? Can I, can I let you in on a secret, please? You, everybody here falls short in the flesh of the glory of God. What makes your sin so special or your blunder or your piece of stupid, as I said earlier, why why is it that God would say, no, Lynn, everybody else is okay, but you, you, you blew it beyond me answering, answering. You're special in that way, Lynn, but... Right? Am, am I right? Yeah. Guilt. We feel guilty. And listen, we, that's why we need Jesus every day. That's why we need the mercy of God every day. His mercies are new every morning. We need his mercy every day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. How about this one? This is a huge... Teachings, bad teachings, bad doctrine will kill your hope. Well, God's trying to teach you something, brother. That's why God let it happen. That's why God's letting that sickness stay, be on you. Is that God put that on you to teach you something. Just bad teaching. If you don't understand the word of God and rightly divide God's word, and if you, didn't, if you don't understand the very character of God, when Jesus was here, he was a, a perfect representation of the Father. And when he was here, you never did see him going about uh, doing bad and going about putting sickness and disease on people and cooperating with the devil. The Bible says he went about doing good and healing all that were sick sick, and that all that were oppressed of the devil. Amen? So bad teaching. You got to watch. Make sure that what you're listening to is biblically based. It's solid. One of the, my prayers daily is that we be rooted and grounded in God's word. Not only in his body, but re- rooted and grounded in his word. Okay, good? You got it? All right. So, we got to, you've got to have hope beyond uh, what you hope physically. Number one. Number two, you've got, oh, let me, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me give you a scripture because this is powerful. This is, this is powerful. Listen, when, when, you start, when you start maybe struggling and, and, and being challenged in your hope, when you start that, you need to go to God because he, I, he's the giver of hope. I want you to see this in, in uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope. Where's hope come from? I'm talking a biblical hope. An, an, an anticipation, an expectation of us receiving from God, that, that comes from God. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in what? Hope. By how? The power. the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will fill you with hope. In any and every hopeless situation, he'll fill you with hope. Not only fill you, but with abundance. You'll abound in it. That's good stuff. Amen? Amen. Okay, let me download these other two thoughts. Not that they're not important, but I thought I needed to hit this one very, very strong. Number two, 
is you've got to see beyond what you see physically. You've got to see. The Bible says that Abraham was not weak in faith because he considered not his own uh, body as already being dead and nor the deadness of Sarah's womb or actually himself being 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. And so Abraham was looking beyond what he saw physically. I remember when we were looking for a church, uh, looking for a place to start a church, to start COTM. Uh, We would go to city after city and after city after city. And at one point, I don't remember where it was in the process, but at one point, uh, God dealt with me and he says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, the things that I have prepared for those that love me, but by my spirit, I have revealed it to them. He says, what you're looking for is not going to be found through your physical eyes. He says, you got to see beyond what you see in the natural. And, and, and what I was looking for, and still every day I look for, is I look for God's will, not my circumstances, whether they're aligned or not aligned, whether I, according to what I would have them be, but according to what God would want them to be. So, you know, God may send me into a place where it, it, it's, it's very, very uh, pleasant, and it's very difficult, or, or into a place where it's very, very difficult. And I can't look with my natural eyes and determine whether uh, whatever it is is God's will or not. I've got, to, I've got to look with my spiritual eyes. And by the way, that comes from seeking God. That comes from having a prayer life. There's, there's a prayer that I pray every day. And it's found in Ephesians, and it's, it's that God would open the eyes of our understanding. The eyes of our understanding. And I'm not going to give the whole prayer, but you can go look at Ephesians chapter 1. But God wants to open the eyes of your understanding so that you can see as he wants you to see. Right? And so, you know, a matter of fact, we were, there was at a point in that process of knowing where we were, were going to plant COTM that we kind of got into a place of confusion. We didn't kind of, we did. And we just didn't know. And then God, by his spirit, revealed to us that God's not a God of confusion. And when I said that, then God opened my eyes and I was able to see that it was here in Tyler that we were supposed to be. This is good. You, you guys, you guys, far too many people are, the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. Far too many people are being governed and led by what they see, what they feel, by their experiences, by their fears, and by their intimidations and their insecurities instead of being led and directed by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God in their life. Amen? Amen. So, You've got to see beyond what you see. And then let me give you one more thing. You've got to know. You've got to know beyond what you know physically. I always talk about your knower. That every believer, every Christian has what I call a knower. Inside you, you just got this knower. And, 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 and it, you didn't get it from up here. You didn't get it through learning. You, you got it by his spirit in what I call your knower. Do you know what I mean by knower? Give me a nod and 
you know, at least nod and act spiritually, okay? And, and, and you're knower. God wants to, he wants to reveal things to you, and it's typically in your knower, you, you, just, you're just, you just know. You know that you know, that you know. And the Bible says that Abraham wavered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded, not because of what he saw, not because of, of his circumstances aligning to what God's promise had uh, declared, but he was fully persuaded because he knew that he knew. Listen, he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. He knew in his newer, knower. Understand this in his newer. <laughs> Understand this. When God first appeared to Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. If you, if you go back and you read in Genesis, you'll find that, that God began to unveil his promise, his dream, his, his desire for Abraham, his life, and what he was wanting to do through his life that still impacts us today. Yeah. He, he started this, this whole process at, at the age of 75. It was 25 years later, and he still hadn't had that promised child. Amen. 25 years later. Right. Scripture says that he was strong in faith Amen. and not weak. He did listen to his wife one time. Kind of got him in trouble. We won't talk. We we won't talk about the concubine right now, okay? And if you read your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. He did go try to help God out. Y'all understand Ishmael? You know what I'm talking about? He got a little trouble there, but it wasn't that he didn't believe. It was because he believed. God just wanted it through the vessel of his wife, not through somebody else. Okay? Amen? Amen. But 25 years, how many times do we give up in 25 minutes? Or 25 days? Or (laughs) seconds? (laughs) Right? I mean, we, we live in such a society that we want it now. We got to have it now. It's like, whew. I mean, if we don't have it now, we give up. We're, we're, we're quick to give up. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so important that we understand this. So, with all that being said, we need again seek God to get it in our knower. This doesn't come just having a casual relationship with God and a casual walk with God and a casual walk in faith. I think, I think we, again, we want that microwave, uh, that microwave religion. Let's press the button. Let's go to church on Sundays, and we'll get it in 30 minutes. If he preaches long, usually 35 minutes at the most. And then we'll push the button and it's like, okay, God, why isn't it happening? Hey, this is a daily walk. This is a lifestyle. I will will read this scripture in Colossians chapter 1, 
This is one of the prayers that I pray every day too over us. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you would be filled, get this, with the knowledge of his will. That knowing, that we would, that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of him, a knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, in other words, God's not withholding from us. He wants us to be partakers of that inheritance of everything that he's provided through Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, he's provided. He wants us to receive from that. And it goes on to say this, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and, and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, his son, his son, of, of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sin. Wow, what an awesome thing. But guess how we receive it? We need to know in our knower, beyond what we know in our natural, in our physical. I, I realize that you know your situation. You, well, you just, don't, you just don't know, Pastor. You're, you're right. I may not know what's going on in your situation, but I, knew, I do know what the promise of God says. And if you'll attach yourself to the promise of God, your situation can change. It, it's temporal. It's subject to change. It can probably stay there your whole life if you don't address it. But it's subject to change. Amen? And so today, will you be strong in faith? Today, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What is he talking to you about today? Are you going to be strong in faith? Are you going to look beyond what you see? In the, in the physical, in the natural? Are you going to know beyond what you know in the natural? And are you going to hope beyond what you hope in the natural? If so, I believe you're, you're set up for, for strong faith. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord God.